Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 44 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. A lot of great number 44s out there uh, throughout the history of sports, but this is our number 44th coming at you live on a Tuesday night. You'll probably be hearing this Wednesday or Thursday. Jace, Max, and super producer Nick C in the building. What's going on, guys? Just trying to think of my favorite number 44 because I know that's where the question's going, but can't think of many. It's not where the question's going today. It was just good because I couldn't think of any. I was already click clacking on the keyboard. Famous number 44. So I, I thought that's where we were going too. But uh, hey, today's a good day to talk some fantasy football. So let's uh, let's get after it. Yeah, the famous number 44 I was thinking of was uh, was Reggie. Reggie who? Reggie Jackson. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got a great show for you today. We have our first of many for the next probably month on the podcast. We're going to be doing some divisional breakdowns. We're going to be deciding who's going to finish as the top person in each division at the four starting positions. So who we will think in the AFC East is the best quarterback. I think it's not too hard to assume who we could have there, but all the positional Jones. groups. We're going Stop to be listening now. Out. It's Mac Jones. Mac <laughs> Jones. Uh, I think that would be the day uh, you'd have to bury me. I think that would be it. Just having Tom Brady to Mac Jones, just the seamless transition. I, I think I'd be done for <laughs> too much to handle. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but we we're going to be doing a divisional breakdown of the AFC East and then the AFC West this week. Next week, we'll have two more divisions coming for you. You know, eight divisions total. It's going to wrap us up in about a month's time. So a little bit of a new uh, new thing we're trying out on the podcast, getting us all ready for for redraft season. Uh, as well as startup draft season for your dynasty startups, just trying to understand the divisions a little bit more. Before we get into that, I did want to touch on something I saw on Twitter yesterday. Thought it was a joke, but then realized a verified account tweeted it out. Um, did anybody out there like the original Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Did anybody see what I'm about to say? No. no. Nick C's, Nick C's nodding his head. Super producer's nodding his head. So the second movie uh, is co- going to come out. They confirmed it, and a oh. leak has come out Ooh. that Lady Gaga will star as Harley Quinn in it. Ooh. Uh, right? Okay. So, you know, oh, you know, whatever. And here's the bombshell. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's a musical. No way. <laughs> Stop. It is. That's no it. It is not. This is like from official sources that like leak stuff all the time. So my question to you guys, what's a movie that you wouldn't mind to have a musical sequel to? Like, Jace, can you imagine if you saw Big Lebowski singing about being the dude? (laughs) Dude, I, man, I tell you what, all through high school, I went to actually even leading into high school, the high school that I attended, I went to every single play and musical that was offered from the time I was in seventh grade until I was a senior in high school. I, I love the theater, but I, I just, the musicals aren't for me, man. I do have to say that I get lost in the songs. I get distracted from the plot, even though 
they're usually about the plot and things like that I just I don't know man I get lost in the melody and in, in the rhythm of it and I just like forget what I'm watching so I uh I can't say I'll be watching the Joker too yeah I don't think I'll be watching I don't know Lady Gaga that's not bad but a movie that I would love to see as a musical one of my favorites near and dear to my heart Paddington the Bear Oh. <laughs> see those little guys singing and dancing on screen pat if you haven't seen paddington go watch one and two paddington uh, is very cute it's very nice yeah. i just uh last night i watched the unbearable weight of massive talent i think oh nicholas cage and pedro pascal right yes and i've always been i didn't know nicholas cage was a bad actor until i started dating my girlfriend i watched national treasure as a young boy and i just thought nicholas cage is the one of the coolest dudes i've ever seen and up until recently i found out kind of how cringy is but i still rep him if he had a jersey i would buy it but i would uh i'll tell you what he talks about paddington too in that movie we're kind of bringing things home i would really like to see nick cage in a uh, a sequel of his own movie that he just put out as a musical i think that would be i think that'd be a good time watching him sing a lot of people don't know this he's related to francis ford coppola director of the godfather Oh, really? Okay, I didn't even know who that was, but that's pretty dope, man. I mean, Nick Cage comes across kind of strong, kind of kind of strange. I feel like the, the movie, by the way, was fantastic. The new I Nick heard Cage it was movie, awesome. It's fantastic. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen with him, and it. it's super self-aware, super funny, highly recommended. Um, but I saw an AMA, uh, an AMA of him on Reddit where he was responding to questions. Dude is super smart and intellectual about everything he does acting wise. So uh, he'll always have my respect no matter how he comes across. Back to back weeks, Chase, we're telling people go to the movies for non Marvel movies, please. Let's go, please. baby. Let's go. The theaters need our help. Hollywood's putting out movies that aren't, you know, copy paste plots or XYZ. So go support them. Northman completely flopped. It was one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. So yeah, I think I would have to go with. Like Star Wars, I feel like they could do some cool like lightsaber battles where they're like singing and have the music, a little choreography going. So have the music. That would be my choice. The, the lightsabers hitting, like the the different bass drops, boom when they connect yeah. the lightsabers. For myself, I'd love to see Rocky the musical because I just love to, <laughs> to hear how Sylvester Stallone would sing <laughs> with his accent. No doubt. That would yeah, be I think it would be I think it would be borderline one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. So that would be good. I'd love to see like Rocky eight uh Drago's <laughs> demise. Yeah. Like it's just him singing about beating the communists. So good. So We're good. not that different, all of <laughs> us. <laughs> all right, guys. We got a great show for you. Before we get into it, we got Underdog coming back for another week. Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a season-long best ball team in just seconds. And something you may ask is, what is best ball? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you right here. Have you ever started one player over another and it ended up making you lose your matchup? Well, best ball leagues make you not have to worry about that. There's absolutely no league management aspect, so your draft is key. There's no waivers, no trades, no lineup setting. Each week, your highest scoring players are automatically optimized in your starting lineup. Just draft a team, sit back, forget all about the headaches, and enjoy 
watching football. Sign up now. Use the code Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match for up to $100 in bonus cash. Again, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on the Underdog app for $100 in free bonus cash. Let's get into reports, guys. All right, Cooper Cup and the Rams continue their Swiss banks hijinks. Uh, I think they got some Caribbean offshore accounts that they load the cap onto. Cooper Cup, three years, $80 million. I think that's going to take him to the end of his relevant fantasy career. Uh, so now he has a total contract of five years, $110 million. I think this benefits Cooper Cup, knowing that he's going to be locked up to Matt Stafford and Sean McVay for as you know, long as the foreseeable future will allow. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was ever going to go anywhere. He's already 28 years old. To me, I honestly, like, good for Cooper Cup. He got the bag. Like, he deserves it 100%. But I feel like he was playing with, like, a chip on his shoulder, like, that he had something to prove. And now that he got the bag. Got the ring. Got the ring. I mean, I don't believe that he'll do what he did last year. I don't think any of us do. Like, what he did last year was astronomical. But I think that. He just has no motivation, I feel like. Yes, they want to repeat champs and stuff like that. But once you pay these players, like, when's the last time you paid a player and they went out and did it again? Like, honestly. I don't know. Honestly, like, when discussions were going on about an extension, Matthew Stafford got extended as well not too long ago, so they are locked in for the long haul. Um, But when extension talks were going on surrounding Cooper Cup, he was – very much not worried about getting the bag. All he said on, he said was get another championship, get another ring. And I do think in a lot of cases, guys will get the bag. And like you said, just they got everything they need. They're going to preserve their bodies and, uh, you know, maybe skip games that they otherwise wouldn't if they were fighting for bag. But Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, I feel like both of those guys are, you know, they've been like, quote unquote, unproven their whole careers. Cooper Cup was stuck with Jared Goff with all those years. Matthew Stafford stuck in Detroit. So I do think, those guys, they're going to want to repeat. I do think they're going to play with the chip on their shoulder. Maybe not as big as last year, but I do think their whole entire career, they both play with chips on their shoulder. So I think it's just nice that we have the stability and we know what's going to happen in the future. So uh, I, I'm in love with it. Yeah, Cooper Cup, great player, obviously, last year. I think this is probably going to take him to the end of this end of his window. So I yeah. think, you know, especially being a smaller guy uh, in particular, I think he's got that Tyreek Hill-esque, you know, next three years, you well, know, he if he's two. lucky. He's 6'2". There is no chance he's 6'2". Yeah, there, there is. He's 6'2". I refuse to believe it. Be he could, he right could stand he could stand next to a measuring stick and it say he's 6'2". <laughs> I'd say the stick is wrong. It's kind of like how when you stand next to a measuring stick and claim you're five foot ten, but yet you're five foot seven. That's so false. <laughs> Sorry, five foot six. I was giving oh, you that's 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 absurd. Cooper Cup is six foot two. You're five foot seven. Let's just leave it at that. Max, look, I'm not here to deny the fact that I'm not, you know, six foot tall. I think you know a great night's rest, five ten. Bad night's rest. I think I'm like five, eight and a half. I think I have that inch and a half range, depending on if you're annoying me, one, and two, how well I uh, sleep the night before. So, and if you wear your, your Air Forces, like that can get Ooh. you to the five, eight and a half. So like- hey, look, man, my dress <laughs> shoes, I used to get yelled at in college because I'm a little bit old fashioned. I have the dress shoes with the platform in them. Let's go, baby. It's just like everybody, you know, back in the 1700s did. 
but no, I, I used to get told I wear heels. Yeah, I don't. Man. I'm just a gentleman. You walk You're around like you do, man. Clank, clank, clank. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. I'm with you, Peter. I respect the, I respect the old fashioned. JB, try trying to sleep in a house and you got Peter <laughs> with his little dress shoes on, clanking <laughs> up and down the stairs, running because he forgot his keys, running because he. Oh, like, it was really bad. Mm, especially max's for we'll get back into it max's room is right next to uh staircase too raggedy uh, old staircase built in the early 1900s in philadelphia uh, row homes so i would in the the dress shoes clink clank right next to his bedroom at like seven o'clock in the morning when i'd have to get to work <laughs> yeah not a good time no definitely not all right next up terry mclaurin not showing up to mini camp I think everybody's a little bit surprised, but Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, one season. Uh, if I know one owner in the NFL, I know Dan Snyder, uh, and he is probably not going to pay Terry McLaurin whatever he wants. So I think he's as good as either going to sit out or as good as done uh, in Washington. 100%. And I actually just went out and acquired a share of Jahan Dotson today, and I'm thrilled. I, I think they took him a little early in the draft, 16th overall. But he was a very talented receiver out of Penn State. We talked about him. He's not the biggest guy. He's only five foot eleven, still taller than Peter. But most likely. Well, he's a list five eleven. I, I think we'd probably be comparable. Yeah, yeah. Five eight, whatever it is. Um, but I think his value right now, like I, we just had a rookie draft over the weekend in a one quarterback league. He went like the end of the first one ten, I believe it was. So if you can go out and get him for a late first or something like that, he's worth a shot. This is probably the cheapest he'll be before Terry sits out. Definitely a skill yep. guy, too. Sorry to cut you off, Chase. He's oh, no, not just is. like a speed guy, which a lot of people get nervous about, like Sky Moore out of college, you know, all these uh, all these receivers that are just speed-based. He is a technical skill-based player. Reminds me a lot of Elijah Moore and Elijah Moore's skill set coming out of college. Yeah, I will say a guy I've been banging the drum for. I'm, I'm with you guys on Dotson. I'm not like the biggest fan of his. I feel like if he ended up being the alpha in that offense, he's going to be safe, kind of comparable to like Rashad Bateman coming out of school. Just a good route runner, solid hands, can separate when he needs to, um, can make big plays when he needs to. I don't know if you guys have watched his highlights and seen the one-handed grab he made. Where yes. I, just, I have no idea how he got that ball in his hand. To the listeners, you guys, you, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, Curtis Samuel, I've been banging the drum for him for a long time. If it's going to be Dotson and Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel's been – with Riverboat Ron for a handful of years. Dude was electric coming out of college. He was actually a higher rated prospect than Terry coming out of college out of the same school. I love Curtis Samuel at his current price right now. You could scoop him up for a late second pretty easily at this point. Kind of gadgety. He'll get some rushing attempts. I, I just think he's kind of like the, the beta version of Debo, and I think that could be really useful in fantasy, especially if Terry's gone. But uh, – let, let's see Terry on like the Chiefs or something. Let's see him move teams. Let's get one more crazy move this Packers. before Packers. Oh, I'm I'm all for that. So I'd love to see him somewhere else. I mean, Carson Wentz is a great upgrade. I mean, not a great upgrade, but considerable considering what he's had in the past, I'll take Carson Wentz, but give me Rogers or Mahomes over Carl Wentz any day. Carl Wentz. That's his new name around here. Yeah, he's got to earn his first name back. Honestly, he's trash. Yeah. Not good. Not much more about Terry. So that's going to wrap our reports up, and we're going to get into this divisional breakdown. All right, starting in my beloved AFC East, 
We have the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and New York Jets. Four bad boys out of the AFC East. We're going to start off with who we think is going to win the division. And I think it's a resounding Buffalo Bills answer. No contrarians, correct? Nope. You're the only one I'm scared of that might say the Jets. So if you don't say the Jets, (laughs) good. You know what? I I love them, but I can't. I can't say that. I I hope the Jets don't win the division because that will set them back. I I really think it'll set them back. They need some another year's draft picks, and then they'll be good. Let them win the division next year. Sure. Outside of who's going to win the division, we're not going to go into who's going to be scoring the most fantasy points at every single position moving forward. So we're going to do quarterback in the division. We're going to do running back, wide receiver, and then tight end. And then for some of the categories that maybe it's a little bit more known who's most likely going to do it, we're going to do some sleepers who could maybe potentially, given an injury or X, Y, Z, get catapulted into that one. Yeah, so for quarterback in particular, we all did end up agreeing. And like we alluded to earlier in the episode, it's going to be Josh Allen here. Just great skill set, can throw the ball really far, can run the ball a lot. We know he's going to scale back the running this year, but has a great supporting cast around him. So because it's a little bit more known that Josh Allen's probably going to lead uh, the division, we're going to go into our sleepers a little bit more in depth here. Max, I hear I hear some two and on talk from you. Yeah. So uh, are you, are you a member of Tua yeah, and on me and Tyree kill actually both are Tua has better accuracy <laughs> than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you guys caught that one. Totally agree. Um, the deep ball, he's still going to give to 15, but I really think Tua. I mean, he could get it there. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I think with Waddle, with Tyree kill, with Mike Gusecki, with Mike McDaniel Tua, this is his make or break year. Like he is playing for it all. Like we, we heard out of college tank for Tua, tank for Trevor all this stuff. They drafted him. They invested this high capital. They picked him over Justin Herbert. If he can't succeed with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, I don't, I don't think he's the answer. And I think there are, they'll be calling for his name call come week eight. So I think he has something to prove. And I think he's a really good value at quarterback. Something I will say uh, on top of that with the dolphins really quick, they went out in free agency and addressed a glaring problem at blindside tackle in Teron Armstead, who's, probably a top four tackle in the league. He's, he's great from the New Orleans saints. It's going to be really hard to uh, get to it from the blind side this year. No doubt. Yeah. I think for, uh, for my sleeper pick, I like to as well. I also like Zach Wilson, but Mac Jones showed us a lot last year. I know it wasn't showing up a ton in the fantasy sheet, but I do think, you know, there's room for improvement for sure. And I do think he's going to have a long career in the NFL. They did their best to surround him with some weapons this off season not the most elite guys, but I don't know. He could just end up being a stat compiler in fantasy. If he takes a, another leap touchdown uh, passes go the right way for him. I, I could see Mac Jones making a big second year leap and maybe uh, surpassing the stallion, given an energy or an injury or something like that. So um, yeah, that, Mac Jones would be my pick. You're not scared of like the pocket baby. Yeah. I mean the pocket baby that's why I'd say he'd be more of a compiler, just racking up yards. Hopefully the touchdowns kind of fall his way. He's efficient everywhere. You know, he's you're not going to get anything on the ground. Uh, we don't ever want to see him gritty in the back of the end zone again. So hopefully we don't want to see that uh, this upcoming season. But, yeah, I don't know. I think he could – if a highly efficient season, he could get it done. I'll believe it when I see – I don't know. Like, like you alluded to at the beginning, 
not the best for the fantasy numbers. Like, yes, he's a game manager. He got the job done. To me, he's like his ceilings, Jimmy Garoppolo. But who knows? They didn't didn't work out for him last year. The Patriots. I mean, yes, they made the playoffs. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they got the they got their butts handed to him by the Bills. Yeah, yeah. But maybe Bill says, you know, let's throw a wild card in there, and Mac Jones, you air it out every play. Who knows? Sure. I think he, he's a, he's a talent, and I think for the you could get him undrafted and redraft, and you could get him for dirt cheap in dynasty. Yeah, and I think out of Tua and Zach Wilson, who I believe Peter's going to touch on here in a second, he showed us the most out of both of those guys as a rookie. So, you know, it's all based on a big leap. If he can make a Tom Brady-esque leap, I'm not saying he's going to, but a sizable leap and efficiency going the right way, I think Mac Jones could get it done. Be a nice sleeper. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to touch on it for too much longer here, but he is going to have a change of offensive play callers, uh, different offensive style system, most likely famed defensive coordinator Matt Patricia is going to be running the offense in New England this year. So who knows? Maybe Matt Patricia just says, Matt, go out there and throw the ball like crazy. Uh, Josh McDaniels has moved on to Las Vegas. So I don't know. I think he is he's the biggest question mark for range of outcomes for all of these quarterbacks this year. I really do believe that. I think Tua is a little bit more like locked in to where he could be. I think Mac yeah. Jones could either have a top 12 finish, like low end top 12 or like bottom 12. If like the offensive play calling doesn't work right. Cause McDaniels has been the force there for years. Yeah. Yeah. They're, that team's always been a ground and pound team too. So you always worry about the volume. They added some running backs in the draft. So. I'm not banking on it, but he showed us a lot of promise last year as a professional quarterback, so that's the only reason I have that. Peter, I like I like your pick a lot more, but I'll let you speak on it for sure. Yeah, um, my pick, Zach Wilson. I'm not going to speak on it for too long, so hold me under 35 seconds here, please, so my fandom doesn't come sh- like pouring out. But, no, he, he has a, no excuses. That offensive line is the best offensive line in the division hands down, I I would argue, hands down, the best offensive line in the division if everybody's going to be there. Garrett Wilson, top 10 pick. Elijah Moore broke out last year, was a complete stud. Corey Davis on pace for 1,000 yards with Zach Wilson last year. Brees Hall in the draft is, you know, probably the top back over the last two years in the draft. Maybe him and Najee Harris were like the two guys out of the last two years. And Michael Carter, who really proved himself last year. They have depth depth at wide receiver with Braxton Berrios too, so it's not going to be an injury away. So I really think that that Zach Wilson has the best chance to be the one in the division if it's not Allen. Yeah, that was only 45 seconds, so good job there, Peter. I I contained myself. I held it in. I love Zach Wilson. I just recently invested in him. I traded Kyler Murray for Zach Wilson in the 107 in a one-quarterback league. I do think Zach Wilson's the right pick here. I chose Mac Jones over kind of just to diversify a little bit. But like you said, the weapons are there and the arm talent, man. Let's not forget about the arm talent because if he's throwing the ball accurately, I mean, he he can throw the long ball, he can throw the short ball. So I I think the sky's the limit for Zach Wilson. I'm really excited for him in year two. Yeah, there's not much else really to add. I'm excited for the whole Jets team. I'm not going to say that in front of Peter too much. I'm going to go right to Peter's head, but – I think if you're a betting man, five and a half wins, slam the over. The Jets are better than that. And Zach Wilson, they he was second overall pick last year. Trey Lance was number three. These guys, Trevor Lawrence was number one. Like, these guys have to do something. They saw something in him. 
he has the he has the weapons, he has the line, and he has the schedule for it too. So I, I like it, Peter. Back half of the thing. schedule, championship winner. At yes. Dynasty I am on Twitter. We talked about him. We just shouted him out on Twitter. I'll retweet this thread. He is all over Zach Wilson in year two. And uh, Dynasty IM is kind of like the Bible to me and maybe a couple others on this podcast. So if he's on the Zach Wilson train, I'm definitely on the Zach Wilson train. We're going to move on to running backs. I will not touch on this. I'll let Jace touch on this in particular back. We all did have a consensus agreement here as well. Yeah, we had a consensus with Brees Hall here. And I think this division, there's not a whole lot of talent to be had. If you ask me, I'm Damian Harris, great professional running back for the Patriots. But, you know, he just never truly gets the workload and the touches that you want to see out of him. Uh, the Dolphins, sure, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, just kind of a hodgepodge of guys. Buffalo Bills, Singletary's probably going to be their one, you know, in between the tackles back and Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. I think Brees Hall is the only guy in this whole division that has three down upside. So I think we're all right in our choice with him. And, you know, we all love Michael Carter here for sure, but sometimes talent just surpasses lesser talent and they're going to want to keep Brees Hall on the field at all times I feel like uh, Michael Carter is definitely going to have his role but I, I could just see Brees Hall taking over that backfield at a 75% clip or more Jets traded up for him as well they moved up yeah. two spots in the second round they like basically were like we need to get this guy so yeah. definitely big plans for Brees Hall serial producer out of college too I, I forget his touchdown totals but like the dude has a nose for the end zone and those for big plays, so I, I'm all over this pick. The last time last time he didn't score a touchdown in a game he played was like 2019. That's crazy. Like a game he appeared in, the last time he did not have a touchdown, it was either 2020 or 2019. That's crazy. Uh, that's the stat. So, All right, so with that being said, we have a consensus of running back. Let's walk a little bit more through the sleepers. Max, let's hear it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Damian Harris. I think he's the obvious answer at number two, like Jace alluded to. We don't know who the other really running backs are in Miami. We don't know who they are in Buffalo. We don't even know if Damian Harris will surpass um, Ramondre Stevenson and Patriots camp. They got a new offensive coordinator. But I think he's the safest pick, and he it's also like a sleeper. You could get him probably in really good value at Dynasty right now. Really great value. 24 years old. He had a great year. I mean, he found a lot of touchdowns last year. And I don't think that happens again. And he also got injured quite a lot. But if you're paying like a second, I'd like if you're a competitor and you could get him as like a third, fourth back, would love that. I don't want him as my starting running back one or two, but as a depth piece, I think he's could be really sneaky and have good upside. I, I like that one a lot. I think, you know, when we talk about tight ends towards the back end of like five and beyond, you're just hoping for like 30 yards and a touchdown that's kind of Damian Harris you're hoping for like 50 yards and a touchdown the, the tight end of running backs Damian Harris yeah. it, it, yes exactly uh but for me this is more so full PPR I think Chase Edmonds uh could be a nice little sleeper in that kind of San Francisco styled offense uh that they're going to be running over there in Miami he's definitely a speed guy and that's what those San Francisco guys love um, those outside zone run schemes find a hole and just shoot it down the sideline uh, not to mention Chase Edmonds is a very cerebral, smart player who can catch the ball. I think he's a really good fit over there in Miami. He was the first running back to go off the board in free agency. I think he could definitely PPR his way into a really nice fantasy finish. But there are a lot of guys, San Francisco coaches like to use a lot of guys. I just kind of worry about consistent volume. 
No, he, he was a great player, consistent player when he was on the field early last year. And that's something you're always going to want to find, especially with the new home. Who knows how that's going to shake out? But the consistent players typically score more on average. So if you know what you're going to get out of them, if that's like 10 points a week, that's that's, you know, incredible. 10 points a week, 17 games, 170 points. That's pretty decent for a running back. So I agree. All right. And then I'll just move into mine really quick. Uh, I think Delvin Singletary's got a chance. You just got a high powered offense. I know they're going to want to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands more. I think he's going to get more running opportunities. The addition of James Cook does scare me, but this division is so murky with the running backs. I'm just going to take the one that has the best offense and you know, pray he finds a couple touchdowns in the end zone. Yep. He could very much have a Damian Harris like season as the one and two back with James Cook spelling him, just fall into a bunch of touchdowns. I like that pick as well. All right. Now moving on to our wide receivers, another consensus, something that we really didn't plan, but another consensus top wide receiver. I don't think anybody has any qualms with this. That's listening right now. Stefan Diggs for the Buffalo bills outside of Stefan Diggs. I feel like we don't have to talk about Stefan Diggs. No. Like he is, he's locked and loaded. He's Mr. Consistency. He's yep. literally the king. He's going to get you 13 points every single week without fail. With that being said, talking about sleepers for this division at the wide receiver position, Max, let's hear it. I, I hate to I hate to bring up a jet just because I know how excited you get, but Corey Davis, everyone, he's being overshadowed by Elijah Moore. I mean, the Elijah Moore hype train is it's gotten too crazy. I don't know if it's, it's a little nuts. I don't know if it's because I'm friends with Peter or what it is, but. He's not worth what he's going for right now. Garrett Wilson, everyone, goo-goo and ah-ah and over Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is going under the radar. He had a really solid couple weeks last year, and I think he's not going to get the wide, the cornerback one. He's probably not going to get the cornerback two. Give him, like, a, a, a slot, a safety receipt. Like, I like his matchups. I like the quarterback player, Zach Wilson, the upgraded offensive line, and I love his value more than anything. Elijah Moore wouldn't pay him, wouldn't touch him for the value. So you are touching Corey Davis. You're not touching Elijah Moore. He, yes, Corey Davis is the only CD I know, Corey Davis. So you, you, like the, you like the older man. You don't like the younger man. I like him cougarish, Peter. Okay, good to know. Jace, let's hear it. Yeah, I got Gabriel Davis here. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, questionable number ones, and I wouldn't say that in Miami – but they're, you know, you got Waddle and Tyreek kind of battling for the one spot to a quarterback. I'm not a big lefty quarterback fan, New England. You got Jacoby Myers, who's just kind of been a PPR guy. And then, uh, you know, the Jets of the hodgepodge guys. I think Gabriel Davis, you know, I'm slowly growing into, you know, gaining trust for the wide receiver too on a lot of teams, kind of T Higgins and, you know, Mike Williams and uh, in Los Angeles, I think Gabriel Davis, with the if he carries on the touchdown luck that he's had uh, in his career, I know it's a small sample size, but high pass volume offense. Hopefully, we we see that continue over. Maybe they run the ball a little more. Uh, I just think touchdowns could lead him to a monster season if anything were to ever happen to Diggs, who is 28 years old, getting a little older for sure. Uh, I think Gabriel Davis could just absolutely explode in the touchdown department and find his way to a nice high fantasy finish. Gabe Davis is definitely like the enigma of the division. He's like the, what the heck is happening here? I have just no clue what, what to think of him. And that usually spells either, you know, big hit or big miss. So 
Gabe Davis, he had that like four touchdown game, was it during uh yeah. that was during the the playoff game, right? Yeah, yeah. Went hey, bonkers. I think you could have sold, I think somebody in our league sold him for like a first round pick like two days later. Oh yeah. The ultimate sell in, sell high. But no, I, I think if anybody in the division has an actual chance, if Stefan Diggs goes down, he is the you know, heir apparent there. Gabe Davis. Yeah. No Cole Beasley. Jamison Crowder's there, but apparently there's something going on with Buffalo fans not liking him, something going on with training camp or something I was reading. So don't take that as gospel. But, yeah, I think he's definitely the de facto number one in that offense if Stephon Diggs finds himself missing some time. And he, he would be an invaluable fantasy asset if that would that would happen. Yeah. I Don't quote me on this, but I heard a stat not too long ago where I think Gabriel Davis has scored a touchdown and. Uh, one of every four catches or one of every seven catches or something like that, his touchdown rate is just absolutely through the roof. And Josh Allen likes to go to him there. So he he's my pick, but I do think we're going to end up leaving out Waddle and Tyreek. Those are a bit too obvious as sleeper picks. One of those guys is definitely going to feast, if not both of them. Uh, we can have that discussion on, on another day. We'll keep it deeper. Yeah, I'm going to go with mine. And it's kind of my favorite by a long shot in this division. And I hate loving on the Patriots here, but Jacoby Myers, a lot of people are forgetting that this guy exists. If you think Mac Jones is going to be like the check down King that he has been accustomed to Jacoby Myers and PPR leagues is going to go nuclear uh, in dynasty. Please do yourself a favor and go find him. He is super yep. cheap. I think you could probably get him for a mid second round pick this year, like 204, 205, 206. Yep. Early mid. I'd, I'd probably even pay like 202 for him in this draft here like like to be the number one wide receiver on that offense and nobody pay like pay any respect to you especially in like ppr leagues it's it would be nuts he had 126 targets for him last season just to just to combat that like did not find the touchdowns we know that i think he had one touchdown the entire year one or two i think he's got one in his whole career or something like that maybe yeah he has he has one receiving touchdown in his whole career He's so, thrown a couple, but yes. Positive regression inbound. Definitely. He he will find his way into the end zone next year. New England's not a very big pass the ball on the one-yard line team, but if they can find themselves within the 13-yard line going for the end zone, that's his bread and butter right there, and he'll definitely find that touchdown upside. Yep. yep. I love this pick more than my own. Jason, you really sold me on, on uh, Gabe Davis. I'm not going to lie. Really? Okay. All right. Go yeah. make a move, man. I just just sent an offer for him, actually. <laughs> no. Literally mid-pod. There it is. Yeah. Never not him. working. AB, no, uh, ABT, always be traded. That's right. That's I great. sent uh, Rondell Moore straight, hoping just to get a counter from it. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. All right. Moving on to the tight ends. We don't have a consensus here. Actually, we have three different answers for all of us, so we're going to kind of go into this a little bit heavier. I'm going to start us off here and go with, I, I don't know how these guys don't have this guy as their number one tight end in this division, but I'm going to Mike Gusecki. I spoke on two. I spoke on the offense. Mike Gusecki, he's six foot six. He's going into a contract year. Everyone's going to be focused on Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Mike Gusecki is the perfect option over the middle for touchdowns, for checkdowns for Tua because Tua can't throw very far and he's got the accuracy, I'll remind you. So I think Mike Gusecki is a great value at tight end. We'll see what these other guys think. 
Yeah, I, I like Mike Gusecki for sure. I liked him a lot more before Tyreek Hill showed up, and now I'm kind of scared he might end up being a true number three target. I got Dawson Knox, who I do think Gabriel Davis, Davis, excuse me, is the true number two in that Buffalo Bills offense. But on the off chance he's not, they got, you know, some scrubs over there for sure. And I do think Dawson Knox is a highly talented, highly athletic guy. I, I just, t- I'll take the upside shot that Dawson Knox ends up being the number two target in that offense. We've already seen him score a boatload of touchdowns. I'm just kind of going for the the higher pass volume offense and taking my shot at tight end. Shout out Mike Kosicki, frequenter of the uh, Jersey Shore bars that a lot of people tend to go to. Apparently he's been uh, spotted at a couple of them this summer already. So shout out Mike Kosicki. No, I, I, I like both the picks. Mike Kosicki is consistent. I'll say that he's been consistent. Dawson Knox was consistent last year, but it was a lot of touchdowns providing his points. I'm going to, this is completely unbiased here. I'm picking a jet. I'm picking Conklin. I think Conklin has an incredible chance to finish as the tight end one in this division. And I'm very emphatic about it. The jets tight end group was, I think the second to worst last year. Zach Wilson had zero opportunities to throw to the tight end, which made him force feed the ball down the field or to check downs. It really stunted the Jets offense. Uh, Speaking from experience, watching it every single week, their tight end room was so bad. They have zero tight ends that were on that team last year on that team now. Uh, So they went out, they got Utsama, who's more of a blocking tight end, uh, which we've seen over the last couple of years. He's more of a blocking tight end. Conklin, who's more of a receiving tight end, and they drafted Jeremy Ruckert. I can't emphasize it enough. Zach Wilson is only going to be in his second year. He's still going to have a lot of check down opportunities. He's going to be facing these incredible defenses in the division. Conklin is going to be the security blanket that he needs. I see a Mark Andrews-esque type role for him in this offense. I don't see a number one target share. I just see the role where Lamar would run around Figure, like try to find something out and then just dump it down to Andrews down the field. Been watching all the camp videos. He looks incredible in camp. All the reporters are going nuts about him in camp too. Last year did have a little bit of a letdown year, traditional tight end year where we're looking for 40 yards and a touchdown to be great. But I think he has a lot of upside, a lot, a lot, a lot of upside to finish as the tight end one yep. in this division. Let me preface Alter, that. You want to bet on that? That he finishes the tight end one in the division? Yep. Uh, I don't even think he finishes tight end one as his own team, but yet alone the division. Who do you think finishes tight end one? CJ Uzama. There's no chance. They paid him a lot of money to come there. Yeah, because he's a lot of money. They didn't pay him a lot of money to block, Peter. Uh, Believe me. Tyler Conklin, from everything that I've heard, is running a lot more routes than Uzama in camp. There's... I have an information gap on you, but maybe your gut's right. Maybe. So, you want to bet on it before we get to the AFC West? Uh, I will bet you, when I come up and visit, I'll bet you a water when we get into the stadium. A $12 first energy water <laughs> yeah. when we get into the stadium. Your I'll favorite you drink. Water is. I'll bet you ice cream when you come to visit. Oh, only if it's Ooh. Mitchell's. Only if it's Mitchell's. All right. Glad we got a deal. All right. Let's move on. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the AFC East. Now we're going to move into the AFC West. 
high powered. The division consists of the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, and Los Angeles Chargers. Who's winning the division, guys? And why do none of us have the Chiefs? I don't. I can't answer that question. I, I don't know why we don't have the Chiefs, but I just don't think they're the best team. I don't think they're the best fundamentally sound team. They lost a lot of players this offseason. They did. Yeah, I'm. You, you know, you lose Tyreek Hill, you're taking a step or two back. I know I like their supporting cast a lot, but man, you lose a piece like that that's just been so vital to your offense. I, I think they take a step back. You know, Mahomes can't be gunning for the Super Bowl each and every year, and I do think this division's loaded. So, uh, for me personally, I think the Chargers are taking it home. They've made all the right moves this offseason for sure. To answer the question, I'm also going with the Chargers. Oof. I think. I think Herbert has a phenomenal breakout year. MVP? Mike Will, Keenan Allen. I don't have to name all their pieces. They're going to be insane. Herbert win MVP? Yes. He's my MVP choice. Yep. We tweeted out the other day our MVP choices very early on. Justin Herbert's my guy. That's that's pretty nuts. I still think that it really hasn't changed that much uh, out there in Los Angeles. I know they got... Zion Johnson to help protect that line, who's incredible. Um, and then they went out and got J.C. Jackson to help in the secondary. But outside of that, I really didn't see much of an improvement from the team last year. For me personally, I, I think it's the Broncos. I think the Broncos run away with the division, really. It's going to be between them and the Chiefs. I think they end up winning it by two or three games, like comfortably. That defense is incredible. That offense was semi-decent with terrible quarterback play. And then you add in uh, first ballot, future Hall of Famer and Russell Wilson. And and I, I think it's just going to instantly click and start moving. Yeah, I think that's the easy choice, too, just because I'm not like banging on you about that, too. That's in my head when we first talked about this. The Broncos were probably my first choice as well. I think I want Herbert to win MVP and the Chargers to go to the playoffs more. But like we've seen the trend. Brady goes to a new team. Yeah, Stafford do a new team. I mean, we've just seen that trend recently, and Russ is just the latest, greatest to do it. So we will definitely see what happens. I think they're locked and loaded as well. Broncos country. That's right. Stop. Broncos country. can't handle it. That's right. For all those that can't see, I'm like flailing my arms like he did in that video. It was so cringe. If you haven't checked that out, Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited himself is just the cringiest man ever. And it hurts that I have to root for him, but I, I he's incredible on the field. But for the first time, we have a consensus QB1 and a consensus sleeper between all of us. So we'll just go through them both really quick. I'll let Max and Jay start it off on our consensus QB1. Yeah, so our consensus QB1, Peter, he's over here hyping up Russell Wilson, saying they're going to win the division. Broncos country. Let's ride. And then put <laughs> Justin Herbert as his QB1 for the division. Peter, I think you should start us off. Why do you have Justin Herbert when you're hyping up Russell Wilson? Uh, no, I think Russell Wilson's still going to have a great year. But Justin Herbert had an incredible, outstanding, out-of-this-world year last year with the same exact cast. The AFC West is going to be a lot of shootouts. The Broncos typically have a better defense. That's why I think they're going to run away with the division. Uh, in particular, just that defense is going to be able to to hold up in an insane division like that. But Justin Herbert brings an aspect that Russ really doesn't bring anymore. Herbert's able to run as well as pass. Uh, and I know some people would say, you know, Russ is athletic as well. But Russ in his last couple of years has become a little bit more of a pocket scramble guy instead of a 
scramble run guy where Herbert is going to present that rushing upside. Um, I bet Herbert finishes with more rushing touchdowns than Russ does this year and is able to swing it that way. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Russell, you know, they got Javante, they got Melvin, they got a good run game. They just don't need him to run like the Chargers are going to need Herbert to run. And that's just the biggest difference maker for me. Plus, Justin Herbert's going to be heading into his third NFL season. And the dude already plays like a seasoned vet. So if this dude takes yet another step forward, I mean, this dude could just be competing with Josh Allen for the number one overall quarterback in fantasy. So unlimited upside. I love the weapons. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and I love Josh Palmer, too. Uh, I think he's a really solid player. He showed us a lot down the stretch last year. Austin Eckler out of the backfield, added 20-year-old Isaiah Spiller, who was a monster in college. I just love that team, and I think Herbert's got everything going for him. I mean, there's there's really nothing else to add when you when we talk about the Chargers and just how unlimited they could be. Um, the division, like, you saw it in our MVP pick, so, like, the division is going to be insane. I think I took Russ, Jace, you took Herbert. Nixie, you took Mahomes. Like we have very, very high expectations for this AFC West division. And then our sleeper quarterback is all Derek Carr, just to spoil it here in two minutes here. The division's going to put up a lot of points. There's a lot, a lot of superstars in this division. I think Justin Herbert, just because of the rushing upside. Yep. Jace, really quick for our sleeper and Derek Carr, you put out a tweet today. Yep. He has gotten better every single year since 2017. Is that correct? Or was it 2019? Yeah. Um, I did it over the last five years. Let me uh, quick little pause. And let me find it. 2017 was five years ago. Oh my God. So, yeah. So going back five seasons here, Derek Carr's fantasy finishes 2021 QB 12. And I actually think it was QB 13. I think fantasy pros accidentally did weeks one through 17 instead of weeks one through 18. And he changed a spot. 2020 QB 13, 2019 QB 17, 2018 QB 18, 2017 QB 19. So he's either improved or stayed the same year over year. And now he adds a Hall of Fame wide receiver to a supporting cast. I mean, I think I can sum it up pretty quick for all of us here. Loaded division, lots of points are going to be scored. He's got lots of weapons, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, now De- Devontae Adams. If he's highly efficient, throws enough touchdowns, he could easily run away as the number one quarterback. And uh, I don't, I, I mean, there's a lot of talent in this division, but I don't think it would really surprise that many people with what we expect out of this division and what we expect out of the Raiders. Couldn't have said it better myself, Chase. In dynasty leagues, he's 31. And by no means am I saying he's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers playing at an elite level into his late thirties, uh, early forties, but you, he really has like a three or four year window right now where he's going to be the best version of himself. We typically see quarterbacks, that's when they start to peak in their value is that like 30 to 33 year old range. Yep. Yeah. And yep. the amount, like I had Derek Carr in a super flex league for, for a decent amount of time. I traded him, got him back, traded him such as that, whatever. And the, the deals I was getting from were so like insulting. And then when you try and you go out and you get Russell Wilson, just because it's a better name, he's proven himself. I get that he's done more in fantasy, but it's like, Oh yeah. For Russell Wilson, I want like four first rounders. Yes, this is Peter that's offering it, but Derek Carr, like Peter's like, I'll give you a second. I'm like, dude, this guy's gonna ball out. You were desperate. You know, you were desperate to get rid of him. That's why. Maybe I was, Peter. And at the end of the day, I got rid of him to Nixie, who Nixie got a tremendous deal. We're not gonna talk about the trade yet, but the value and difference between the two of them is crazy. 
you could argue that they're in very similar situations. Derek Carr might even be in a better situation because that, that defense not as good as the Denver Broncos are. So he might be chasing points a lot more frequently um, than Russ. But the weapons are all there. The you know Josh Jacobs, I know he just got his fifth year decline, but a very talented running back. Uh, Kenyon Drake coming back. I mean, it's a very, very similar setup as Russell Wilson. So I, it really would not surprise me if he ran away and finished as a, you know, top seven quarterback and the number one in this division. All right, moving on, running back two thirds majority here for you guys and Austin Eckler, but I'll start us off with Mr. Javonta Williams. I, I think Williams is going to kind of figure it out this year. Uh, I know Denver likes the 50, 50 split in time, but I think in the second year, they're going to start to use Javonta Williams a little bit more often, uh, maybe make it like a 55 or a 60%, 60-40 work split. Last year, Javonta Williams finishes the RB18 while seeing 50% of the touches and really wasn't unleashed, unleashed until a little bit later in the season. I remember that Kansas City game. What was it, like a Monday night? It was one of the primetime games. Where he popped off for like 30 points, and you really got to see the kind of effectiveness that he could possibly have. Russ probably isn't going to check it down as much as uh, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater would, but I don't think Austin Eckler repeats the season that he had last year. And that's the big reason why I'm on Javonta Williams. Yeah. Which I think is, it's super fair. I mean, when you look at these snap percentages, he was getting like 50, 40% last year. And yes, it was versus Kansas city. Um, he had 26.8 and half point PPR 23 attempts, 102 yards, and then six catches, 76 yards and a touchdown. But I mean, his schedule last year, like when you look at it, it's a lot of really nice schedule. And this year it's going to be a lot harder. Last play I, schedule though. Yes. Well, I'm saying for fantasy wise. Okay. But, and just like the divisions and stuff that they play. But what I'm about, what I'm about to say is like, I just think his price tag is so high. Like it's not worth his price tag right now. Like if you can get Javante Williams for a fair price, Sure, but he hasn't done anything. He's not proven. He finishes the running back 18. He's still going to split carries. Now, if Melvin Gordon goes down in training camp and Javonta's the running back one there, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine what his price tag would be if it's what it is now. So I can see it, but I'm just I'm still going with Austin Eckler till he proves me wrong. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing in me choosing Austin Eckler, I don't think he's going to repeat. I do think they got Isaiah Spiller for a reason. He's got a nose for the end zone. He's kind of – he's like a bigger version of Austin Eckler, if I'm not mistaken. Catches the ball well. But, you know, they don't want to use Austin Eckler in the red zone running in between the tackles like that. He's a pass-catching specialist. He's an electric guy you want to get out in space. So, I do think there is some big-time regression coming for Austin Eckler. But if you play in half-point PPR or full-point PPR, Eckler's going to be a cheat code for sure. Him and Herbert have had it hooked up ever since those two have joined teams. That's the biggest separator for me. Eckler's just like the true version of a three-down back, and there aren't that many left. Um, whereas Javonta, we're just worried about Melvin Gordon. But like you said, Melvin Gordon goes down. I mean, Javonta could easily outscore Austin Eckler. A lot of touchdown opportunities in this division. It could swing either way. You know, Austin Eckler ends up in the red zone, you know, five fewer times than Javonta. Bam, there's your edge right there more often than not. Um, so I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these guys. All right, and really quick, two seconds on our sleepers in this division. We've already spent a little bit too much time on the running back, but sleepers, let's hear it. Mine's Melvin Gordon. I mean, his value compared to Javonta Williams is – In Dynasty, 100%. 
pennies on the dollar. I mean, we talk about if Melvin Gordon goes down, if Javonta Williams goes down, I don't know. Be on the lookout. If I'm a Javonta Williams owner, I'm going out in a hundred percent, making sure I have Melvin Gordon because I'm not paying the price for Javonta Williams and then having him go down and Melvin Gordon becomes that back. Not doing it. Yep. Great, great point. I'm with you on that. For me, it's Ronald Jones. I know uh, I've been a big Clyde stand forever, but Ronald Jones in between the tackles is electric. He can't catch the ball. He's got, you know, paint, frying pans for hands. But, I mean, if they get the run game going over there in Kansas City, Ronald Jones could, could easily overtake Clyde as the one and two back. He is just a freak of nature coming out of the backfield. So uh, it'd take a highly efficient season, maybe Clyde going down. He's not going to catch a lot of balls, Ronald Jones that is. But, uh, I mean, I could see it there for him. I got Clyde, actually, the opposite of uh, Jace here. I, I just think a lot of vacated targets in offense. Somebody's got to gobble them up. I don't think it's going to be Juju. I don't think it's going to be MBS. I think Clyde, it, this is his year. If you get him now for, you know, as cheap as he is and he hits, his value goes automatically back to where it was when he was drafted or maybe a little bit lower. If he duds out, he's done. So yep. I, I'm willing to take the lottery shot on him for the right price, 100%. I like it. I did have one thing. I The Chiefs did just re-sign Jarek McKinnon. Does that kind of change your guys' tune Ooh. at all, given that McKinnon produced down the stretch of their playoff run for the Chiefs? Yeah, he looked really good in the playoff run. He's 29 years old, though, so this is like a one-year deal type thing. He's probably on waivers, honestly, but – it just adds another mouth to feed in the backfield. So yes, it kind of does factor in for me. For me personally, I, you know, I feel like they needed him down the stretch last year. I don't think they wanted to use him necessarily. I also want to mention Clyde Edwards Lair had gallbladder surgery last off season and was, uh, I believe he lost like 10 or 15 pounds from the surgery coming into the season that kind of just got swept under the rug. So recovering from surgery down weight all season, you know, McKinnon, I feel like, was more necessity. I do think they drafted Clyde for a reason. Mahomes vouched for him for a reason, and that's because he catched the ball out of the backfield. So McKinnon doesn't scare me. If he's on waivers, I'd, I'd pretty much leave him there. All right, wide receivers, let's move on. I can't believe you guys don't have Devontae Adams here, but I'll let you talk. I mean, we're a dynasty podcast here, Peter. I'm going with the guy that's due for a breakout in Cortland Sutton. The similarities between what Cooper Cup did last year and what Sutton's about to do this year are uncanny. Um, I think Jace is on the same page as me with having our quarterback like Russell Wilson. We saw what he did with a bad offensive line in Seattle. I think that Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf are very similar builds. They're both very tall. Cortland Sutton's not as strong, you could say, but I think he's a great value. Maybe I should put him as a sleeper and I get Tay's best friends with Derek Carr, stuff like that. Cortland Sutton is due. That's all I got. I don't know. Jace probably will have a better argument, but I'm just, I'm really big on Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense. Yeah. Not big I, enough I to put him as your quarterback one. Correct. No, that is, that's that rushing upside. But, um, you know, Cortland Sutton, I, I wish I had the stats in front of me, but Russell loves to throw touchdowns to the outside wide receiver. He loves to heavily target the outside wide receiver. A lot of the targets going to Tyler Lockett were, you know, kind of busted play. Uh, come, coming back to the quarterback, screeching over the corner's head when he's falling asleep on a dead play. I, I think Cortland's going to be the alpha in this offense, and with Russell throwing him the ball, I think they're finally going to let Russ cook. I mean, I could see an easy 10 to 14 touchdowns, if not more, in a crazy good season. It's just unlimited for me. 
Devontae, I want to show my respect as always. Definitely a Hall of Fame wide receiver in my opinion. But, you know, Darren, I, I just feel like the competition in Denver is solid. But Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, as much as I love him, still unproven. Tim Patrick, solid guy. K.J. Hamler, solid speed guy. Alberto, Greg Dulcich, I, you know, a lot of unproven guys. Whereas, you know, over there in, uh, in Vegas, you got Hunter Renfro, who we know is a dog out of the slot, can run any route in the book. Darren Waller, who put up an insane season two seasons ago. I think he's due for a giant bounce back season. I just think there's more proven assets around Devontae Adams. And efficiency is really going to have to go his way, whereas Cortland Sutton, I can see the path to volume, and I can see the easy path to touchdowns because, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind Russell Wilson can just, you know, light it up in the touchdown department, whereas we just talked about with Derek Carr, QB 12, QB 13, QB 15, whatever it is. Russell has been a top five guy multiple times in his career. So siding with the quarterback, I'm, you know, just kind of predicting that the Denver supporting cast isn't going to be as strong as it is in Vegas. Hey, look, man, uh, I'll let you guys have your dream or wish. But again, I'll take the proven guy every time, Devontae Adams. I don't care who's throwing him the ball. I, You could give me two of throwing him the ball, and he'd probably be my wide receiver one in that division over Stephon Diggs. So uh, I, I just love Devontae Adams. His skill set, his route running ability, he, he's the best. He's the best wide receiver in the league over the last three years, and I'll take him against anybody in this league. I don't care who's throwing him the ball. Hey, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Devontae was the number one guy. He's done it a thousand times. So uh, we're, we're definitely being a little bold here. But Cortland, man, I just he's right in that prime age. He's got a prime quarterback. Already showed us a lot with shoddy quarterback play. I'm just I'm ready for the breakout. Preach it, Jace. Preach it. Let's go, baby. All right. Really quick. Sleepers for wide receiver one in the division. I don't know if you can consider my guy a sleeper, Jerry Judy. He played like absolute dog last year. It was terrible. Um, don't think he caught a touchdown. Year three, this is where the wide receivers really make their mark, their breakout years, stuff like that. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I mean, you can compare Cortland Sutton to DK, Jerry Judy to Lockett. If that's the case, look out because it's going to be crazy. My pick, you know, this is – it's Hunter Renfro, I feel like. You know, he just popped this last upcoming season, mostly out of necessity with Darren Waller missing a bunch of time. But, hey, Devontae's getting older. Darren Waller's definitely getting older. Injuries go the right way. Hunter Renfro could just be an absolute PPR monster once again. And, you know, he he is a smaller guy. You know, we were talking about Cooper Cup earlier. I don't know his exact type, but Hunter Renfro is definitely a smaller guy. But I'll tell you what, that dude gets open in the red zone. He gets open in the end zone. He can shake almost anybody in the league, so – Injuries fall the right way. Hunter Renfro's my guy. For me in particular, I feel like it's going to be one of those Kansas City wide receivers that, you know, we're wrong about everything and Mahomes just feels fine. Juju, as much as I don't like him, I think he's an incredible buy low right now. I think you could probably get him for a mid-second. And I'd rather have a wide receiver that's linked to Patrick Mahomes as a mid-second instead of, you know, XYZ running back from a team who's never going to see the light of day in the mid-second round, so... All right, moving now on to tight end, and then we're going to wrap up our divisional breakdown. I don't think it's anybody's argument here. It's going to be Travis Kelsey winning this division, but let's talk about sleepers in the division that could potentially pop. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about sleepers that could pop? Albert O. It goes back to my argument. I feel like I'm just like, this is why I picked Russ for MVP of the league, because, and I'm Pierre, I'm kind of on your side here, but the rushing upside, 
neither here nor there. We're splitting hairs. Albert O, you could get him for dirt cheap right now. I mean, you're, you're looking at guys like you got Kelsey in Kansas City. You're not going to pick him. You're not going to pick Noah Gray. You're not going to pick Darren Waller. Like, these guys aren't sleepers. You, who are you going to pick, Donald Parham or Gerald Everett, which I'm sure some of you might have picked. I won't give it away. But Albert O, they must like him enough if they're trading away Noah Fant. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Albert O, I think he came out of college as a higher grader prospect than Noah Fan. I might be mistaken on that one, but Albert O has been a freaking nature. I, I like that pick. In the document, I put Waller, and I know he doesn't necessarily qualify as a sleeper, but I feel like everyone's kind of left him for dead as compared to what he actually is. I mean, I think Darren Waller's easily still, uh, you know, a top three tight end, top four tight end. I, I'd personally rather have him over Kittle with uh, Trey Lance incoming in the 49er system. I, I think efficiency could just lead Darren Waller to the promised land once again. We know how, what kind of route runner he is. We know what kind of yards he can get. I think he's going to find himself wide open in the red zone plenty. So I'm out to buy Darren Waller at his current price right now. People are, would give him up for like a late first at this point. It seems like that's an easy smash for me. I don't care what his age is. Tight ends, they age gracefully for the most part. But I, I do like Gerald Everett a lot. I'm going to steal that one from you. The Chargers want to use their tight end. They signed Jared Cook last year. He was just a touchdown monster in New Orleans for a very long time. And they wanted to use him, but unfortunately he was like 900 years old and just couldn't, you know, do the things they wanted to. Donald Parham, too tall for his own good, couldn't get down the field. Gerald Everett is a is an athletic freak. Um, he's, you know, a really athletic dude. I think he could do a lot of damage. And, you know, more often than not with these tight ends, these sleeper tight ends, you just want to chase high volume pass offenses and the chargers are definitely going to be one of them. So I really like Gerald Everett, uh, if we're talking sleepers. Yeah. For me in particular, it's Greg Dulcich. Talked about him last week on the episode. Great, great, great rookie tight end. Uh, if Travis Kelsey goes down, I feel like that's the only way any of these guys would finish as the number one outside of Waller. If he ends up going down, Greg Dulcich, Russell Wilson's going to need a tight end target. I know he hasn't targeted the tight end in the past, but inconsistent play at best for these wide receivers over the last couple of years, potentially just a nice little dump down target. I think I like him a little bit more than Albert O uh, in the particular profile of the player. So I think Greg Dulcich is a great buy low. He's probably going to go undraft in your rookie drafts. You won't even need to use a waiver. You could probably just pick him up. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for our divisional breakdown. Wanted to thank everybody for listening all the way to the end. We're going to be back at you next week with two more divisions. I feel like we'll continue on the AFC trend, maybe AFC North, AFC South. Outside of that, please give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Nick C and Chase are putting together some heat over there, getting some traction. I think we hit 700 followers. Yep, that's a fact. Sir. Yeah, that was what I was going to bring up. Just wanted to shout out Jace. Jace has been killing it, putting out a ton of tweets about – three pretty much every day like clockwork uh, we're going to kind of keep that trend going uh, moving forward so definitely appreciate your guys feedback on any of the tweets and stuff and uh, our dms are always open so feel free to reach out whenever you can um, yeah jace yeah and i also want to say nick c just put out a poll on the dynasty marquee page it's we're going to be doing a giveaway pretty soon and uh, we've given away two signed wide receiver jerseys. It just so happens that they're both wide, uh, wide receivers for the Dolphins now. We gave away Tyreek Hill's jersey in the playoffs when he was still a chief and going crazy. Now he's a Dolphin. But, you know, we want to see what you guys think. We, that poll is going to be up for 24 hours, I believe. 
Um, it might be over by the time this episode comes out. We'll put out a fresh new one maybe. We, we want to see what you guys want, quarterback, running back, tight end, or do you guys want another wide receiver? Um, we got lots of polls out. Feel free to engage with us, send your questions our way. We're going to be very active on Twitter moving forward and trying to implement everything into the show. All right, that's going to be all. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us, Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, however you get your podcasts. But that being said, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. We'll see you all next week for another divisional breakdown. Have a safe week. Enjoy the week and see a movie in the movie theaters, please, for the love of God. Yes. Yep. And enjoy the NBA finals this week. Please go Warriors. I never thought I'd be saying that in my whole life. I hate Boston sports with a passion. Sorry. <laughs> go, go Avalanche. Go Avalanche. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>